2: And lots of big news tonight on the Rita Cosby Show. We're going to get to, of course, all the information about the January 6th committee in a moment. But some big news. Five people are dead, including an off-duty police officer. At least two others are injured after a shooting on a nature trail in Raleigh, North Carolina. The suspect has just been taken into custody And more details will be coming soon. But a tragic story. There was an active shooter for quite some time tonight. Uh, The suspect has now been taken into custody. That's the good news. But tragically, five people dead in Raleigh, North Carolina, including an off-duty police officer. Meantime, in Bristol, Connecticut, heartbreaking news today as two police officers... And another seriously injured, another officer, but two were killed in what was killed, what was labeled by state police there as a deliberate act to lure law enforcement to an address in Bristol, Connecticut. They are saying that it was an all out ambush on these law enforcement officers. Take a listen to a detective, Lieutenant Brian Foley. This was during an interview with Fox 61. He is, of course, with the retired Connecticut State Police talking about this.
3: You're seeing SWAT teams, likely SWAT teams from a regional SWAT team, the state police SWAT team, which is in, in indicative of at least one or more persons um, within a home there. Again, all framing out to be a domestic type incident. I know more than I can say. I can tell you that mm-hmm. the officers uh, were outgunned, uh, ambushed.
2: Outgunned. And ambush. What a heartbreaking scene. And we're hearing now in the last few minutes that basically what happened was officers responded to a home and they arrived there. This actually happened late, late on Wednesday, but the troopers said that the Bristol officers were lured to the home for a fake domestic incident between two brothers and then they were ambushed. The suspect waited. For the officers that we were waiting outside, and they were outmanned and, as you heard, outgunned. At this point, another officer is clinging to life, is in serious condition at a local hospital, and Bristol police identifying the officers who were shot as 35-year-old Sergeant Dustin DeMonte and 34-year-old Officer Alex Hamsey. Another officer, again, who was seriously hurt was a 26-year-old Alex Lorado, and he is at St. Francis Hospital right now, had surgery just a few hours ago. And of course, he and of course, all of our officers are in our thoughts and prayers. We're going to talk a lot more about this shooting also on the Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on The Rita Cosby Show, and also taking your calls about this horrible war on police. This has to stop. This is just outrageous. It is heartbreaking, and when we hear about all of these incidents, the fact that this was an ambush and that they were trying to lure police is just outrageous. Cops have a tough enough job, and then they have to deal with a potential ambush, a fake 911 call, and sadly, two officers in Connecticut have lost their lives. Uh, Let's really quick actually go to David, who's here on the show. David, your thoughts real quick. Go ahead, David.
4: Thank you for taking my call.
5: My heart goes out to everyone whose family members are murdered. But that is a word we need to use, this idea that five people were shot somewhere in Raleigh today. They weren't shot. They were, just as those two officers in Connecticut were, they were ambushed. They were murdered. And I don't think that the piece of garbage that just got arrested is in a position to sue any journalist who says the words alleged murder or says the murder victims I do believe that by saying the word shooting and the mass shooter or the shooters and killings and deaths sadly diminishes the sad reality that these people were murdered so I wish to convey that to you with the utmost respect no that you by the, the way future, David
2: that's a great yeah. point that's a great point and you're right it's it is outrageous the killing that is continuing to happen. And the fact that, um, as we're talking about in Raleigh, thank goodness, at least somebody has been taken into custody. In the other case, the other person was killed. Um, But this is just this this lack of respect for life, for human life, is just heartbreaking. And getting back to also the case in Bristol, Uh, Let's not forget that these guys were ambushed. I mean, this is a scary time right now, I just think, in America, as we're thinking about what's happening to our law enforcement, the villainization of our law enforcement, and the fact that people feel, you know, emboldened to try to create a situation where law enforcement literally are sitting ducks. Uh, That is a dangerous place to be. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with those who were killed who were murdered and those who were killed and murdered also, as you Very aptly point out, David, in Raleigh, North Carolina, too, as well. Thank you, David, very much for the call. And, everybody, we are also going to be talking later on in the show very much about this Bristol shooting. Again, the details about the officers who were ambushed. And as we get more details on Raleigh, too, as well, we will bring them to you. But, boy, what a heartbreaking time with all of these details. Meantime, Lots of news coming out of the January 6th committee. They had a business session today because right away they signaled that they were coming in with basically one mission in mind. And they clearly they made the distinction because by changing it to a sort of business session versus a, quote, committee hearing, then they would have the ability to actually be able to have a vote and vote they did. But first off. Before we get to the fact that they have now voted to subpoena President Trump, and I'm going to also tell you about his reaction as well, I want to get some thoughts first. This is from Congressman Benny Thompson, who, of course, is basically the chair of the committee. He and Liz Cheney are the two sort of leaders of the committee, if you will, the partisan January 6th committee. But to me... I just heard the same old, same old today. I did not hear anything that was like earth shattering. I didn't hear anything that was outrageous in terms of new information that changed the perception of this situation. And I want to hear from all of you. If you were watching the hearing today or the business session, if you will, today with the January 6th committee, was there anything in there that had you say, gosh, I didn't know that before? And yes, yes. President Trump should absolutely testify and absolutely, you know, it was a insurrection, as they're trying to call it, sedition, as they're trying to call it. Was there anything in there that was a bombshell to you? Or did you just hear the same old, same old? Because I feel like I heard a lot of the same old, same old today. And I'm not surprised that they actually called President Trump to testify. President Trump says, yeah, hey, that sounds like a pretty good idea. So it sounds like he's calling their bluff, which can you imagine if it turns out that President Trump actually decides to testify before this committee or before a revamped version of it if the House gets turned over to the Republicans? I mean, there are so many interesting layers to this case. Do you think he really does want to testify? Do you think it's a political bluff? Do you think it's a public relations stunt? And what did you think of the hearing today? I thought there was just a whole bunch of rehash and to me it seemed so highly, highly partisan, so one-sided. I mean, this is not, you know, like like a balanced approach. This is like selective editing out of chunks. This is selective parts out of, you know, different statements. And this is like A verbal ambush, if you will. I mean, if you look at it, it was like, okay, we're going to throw everything at him at the kitchen sink. We're going to try to do whatever we can. And maybe let's say, let's have you come. And I love the fact that he basically said, well, maybe I might come. Can you imagine if that happens? By the way, everybody coming up in about 20 minutes or so from now here on the Rita Cosby show, we are going to have Professor Alan Dershowitz on the show and get his take As to, does he think that President Trump will testify? Can the committee actually compel him? What are some of the legal things there? And if he was representing President Trump, what would he do? Would he advise him to testify? Would he advise him to stay the heck away? Um, And does he think it's all a PR stunt? And where does he think this is headed? Does he think that there's anything that's going to take this to the next level? Well, here is Congressman Benny Thompson talking today at the
6: committee. What Donald Trump proceeded to do after the 2020 election is something no president has done before in our country. In a staggering betrayal of his oath, Donald Trump attempted a plan that led to an attack on a pillar of our democracy. It's still hard to believe, but the facts and testimony are clear. Consistent and undisputed.
2: And also, Liz Cheney also spoke today, too, of course. And in fact, she was the one who basically did the motion for the vote. No partisanship there. She's already come out and said she hates Trump. She's already come out and said if he runs or if he becomes the nominee, she's going to leave the Republican Party. She doesn't really seem like a Republican to begin with. Um, And then, in addition to all of that, she basically said, you know what? I'm going to actively campaign against a number of Republicans that are running for office this time. If anybody sort of supports President Trump, I'm basically going to try to throw some barbs in there and raise funds against them. Not her running herself, but challenging them in the public arena. I mean, so, you know, it's not like she is like an impartial Republican. I mean, that's what's always been the funniest thing about this committee is that I think they've done a disservice. Had they actually had Republicans that the Republicans wanted on the committee, I think it actually would have added a lot more. And maybe we would have gotten some answers. But here is Liz Cheney talking about January 6th. And she says it all falls on President Trump.
7: The vast weight of evidence presented so far has shown us that the central cause of January 6th was one man, Donald Trump, whom many others followed. None of this would have happened without him. He was personally and substantially involved in all of it. Exactly how did one man cause all of this? Today, we will focus on President Trump's state of mind, his intent, his motivations, and how he spurred others to do his bidding and how another January 6th could happen again if we do not take necessary action to prevent it. As you view our evidence today, I would suggest a focus on the following points. First, as you will see, President Trump had a premeditated plan to declare that the election was fraudulent and stolen before election day, before he knew the election results. He made his stolen election claims on election night against the advice of his campaign without any evidence in hand. Then over the next two months, he sought to find those who would help him invent and spread lies about the widespread fraud. Many of those who stepped forward to help, including Rudy Giuliani knew they never had real evidence sufficient to change the election results. And on the evening of January 5th, they admitted they were still trying to find that phantom evidence.
2: So was there anything eye-opening today? Obviously, the big news that they did vote unanimously, no surprise. It was basically all Democrats, even though technically they're two Republicans. But basically unanimous that they want to have him subpoenaed to testify and also subpoenaing documents of his, too, as well. And then Trump came out and said, basically, what took you so long? You should have subpoenaed me earlier. And he's also reportedly telling, there's a report out tonight, that he says he would actually like to testify. I think, boy, would that be really interesting if he gets out there. He said, I'd like to testify. I'd like to tell the story of security that I had uh, requested days before January 6th. I'd love to talk about Nancy Pelosi. I'd love to talk about that. Boy, would that be interesting if that's the case. And we hear sort of another side to all of this. one 800 848 nine two 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 uh let's go to lou line five lou your thoughts about all this
8: yeah hi rita um first of all these hearings are a joke okay and the democrats are a joke because the one thing that they failed to mention which is key evidence to the whole situation is two or three days before january 6th trump was in a meeting at the white house where basically he intelligence had shown him that there was going to be a potential riot And he offered 20,000 National Guardsmen to come in to protect the Capitol. Now, Pelosi and Bowser, who had to approve that, uh, basically denied. They didn't want the National Guard there. The question is why. The second thing is Trump didn't finish his speech till 1.15, and he still had a large array of people in his audience. And the attack on the Capitol happened at 1 o'clock. So the question becomes, and basically at the end of his speech when he said, let's go to the Capitol and peacefully and patriotically protest, uh, is additional evidence that nobody in the committee is referring to. So if this ever gets to court, and that's a big if, all right, he right now has the out just based on that evidence alone.
2: That's you bring up some great points and the peacefully and patriotically protest point is a really strong one, Lou, because, you know, if you're going to go after somebody's words, that really opens a big can of worms. I just think it sets such a a dangerous precedent um, for when he said, you know, um, you know, there were comments that he made that were, you know, you know, uh, feeling the election was stolen. This this this. look at what Maxine Waters said. You know, you get in their face. You go after them. Remember, I'm talking about, you know, the way she was treating Republicans. Um, think about some of the rhetoric that came out of people's mouth during the riots that happened in the summer of 2020. I mean, that what I'm saying is if the Democrats continue to go down this path, it opens up just you're right. Any attorney could sit there and say, wait a minute. Here you he said peacefully and patriotically. Other times he made comments about just how he felt about the election or other things. But he never said, I want you to go into the Capitol and and attack this. And, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, that's that's where really, really um, is a gray area, that lane in between. And and it opens up the door in so many levels. Lou, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls after the break.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: You are listening to The Rita Cosby Show in just a few minutes. We're going to have our back the blue and have some more details about this horrible shooting that happened in Bristol, Connecticut, where two officers were killed. One was seriously injured and they were ambushed and killed in cold blood. And we're going to have some details, sadly, about what has happened in that situation. Uh, Also, by the way, five NYPD officers also separately hurt uh, when they were struggling with the suspect. um, And that was in a car accident. They were trying to get them and trying to follow this guy. Uh, The guy boxed him in and hurt a number of officers, too. So it is a very, very sad night uh, for law enforcement across the country. Also in Raleigh. Uh, An off-duty police officer among those who was killed um, and murdered, as David so aptly said earlier, um, with a horrible situation that happened in Raleigh, North Carolina tonight. We're going to talk about all of those coming up after the break. Also, we have Alan Dershowitz here on the show uh, talking about Donald Trump now getting uh, the word that the committee, the January 6th committee, as he calls it, the unselect committee, uh, has voted to subpoena him. Real quick, BJ, your thoughts about this. Go ahead, BJ.
5: The only, uh, thanks, Rita. The only question that needs to be answered that has not been answered and that will not be answered and that the American public deserve an answer to is why the 20,000 troops from the National Guard were withheld by Nancy Pelosi. That would have averted the whole situation. This is nothing more than a smokescreen screen. Right before the election to uh, uh, deter and uh, deflect and pivot uh, away from the Democrat Party's abysmal record for the past two years. This is there's nothing here, nothing big, nothing burger. And I hope somewhere, somehow,
3: President Trump will be able to give testimony.
2: Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, BJ, thanks so much. We're going to get Alan Dershowitz's take after the break. And you bring up a great question. Today, they were showing Nancy Pelosi talking about security. Why didn't they call her to testify and say, why didn't you bring them beforehand?
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
9: Uno. He's your numero uno. The
0: Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue.
2: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, uh lots of stories sadly coming uh, about police officers. First off tonight, and I feel like we need to do a special Back the Blue segment tonight because of all of this just sad news. Uh first off, 5 NYPD officers hurt in a crash. Uh, as they were struggling with a suspect who fled from Long Island. Uh, Five police officers were injured while apprehending a domestic abduction suspect who fled Suffolk County police. Uh, The officers boxed in the suspect on local streets and the suspect's car then collided with the police cruisers. Uh, Those officers are said to be doing better, uh, but were indeed injured in that apprehension. And then, Uh, story coming just a few minutes ago from Raleigh, North Carolina. Some terrible news. Five people murdered, uh, including an off-duty police officer. Uh, There was an all-out search tonight. In fact, also a canine was injured, too, uh, in that. A suspect has been taken into custody. And just some very, very sad news after a mass shooting taking place on a nature trail in Raleigh, North Carolina, and among those killed, an off-duty officer. And then in Bristol, Connecticut, uh, absolutely other heartbreaking news. As two officers were killed, one was seriously injured. And what now police are saying in Connecticut was a deliberate act to lure law enforcement to an address in Bristol, Connecticut. Take a listen to what... Former Connecticut State Police Officer Spokesman Detective Lieutenant Brian Foley said uh, when he spoke with Fox 61. Take a listen.
3: The officers uh, were outgunned, ambushed, and it's just a horribly and, and sad situation.
2: And apparently they were lured to the home. By a fake domestic incident between two brothers. They believe it was sort of a staged 911 call. And when the officers arrived, they said that this man, Nicholas Brutcher, killed one of the officers upon arrival. The second officer later died at the hospital. Another one is clinging to life right now at a hospital in Connecticut and described to have serious wounds. Uh, the suspect again, this Nicholas Brutcher, who is a 32 year old man, uh, was killed at the scene. We'll be getting some more details on this shortly, but just a heartbreaking case where it appears that two officers were indeed ambushed by a fake 911 call. And to me, it is just it, it just is such a reminder. My heart breaks. For all the law enforcement officers, obviously those and the family members and friends of these officers, but of course, law enforcement around the country. You just think about the incredible risks that they face every single day. And again, as we have just learned, these two officers were killed, another one fighting for his life at this moment after they were ambushed. In Bristol, Connecticut. And as we get more details, we will keep you posted. But our thoughts and prayers I want to give the names of the officers 35 year old Sergeant Dustin DeMonte, 34 year old officer Alex Hamsey, and also the one who was seriously hurt, 26 year old Alex Lorado, now clinging to life after this horrible ambush shooting. Taking place in Bristol, Connecticut. Well, we are talking, everybody, of course, also about the fact that the January 6th committee, I call it the January 6th Partisan Committee, has voted to subpoena President Trump. Here's a little bit of Benny Thompson, Congressman Benny Thompson, Democrat head of the committee, uh, talking about the case today and what will be their final sort of hearing, their final session before the midterm elections. Could it be all about politics? Take
6: a listen. We've conducted more than a 1,000 interviews and depositions. We received and reviewed hundreds of thousands of pages of documents. Thanks to the tireless work of our members and investigators, we've left, we have left no doubt, None that Donald Trump led an effort to upend American democracy that directly resulted in the violence of January 6th.
2: And joining us now to talk about this vote to subpoena the president. And the president, by the way, it came out a little bit ago saying he loves the idea of testifying, saying that he'll talk about the corruption of the committee, how Nancy Pelosi didn't call up the National Guard, that he strongly recommended her to do, three days before uh, on January 3rd, 2021. So will he testify? Should he testify? Joining us is, I think, the best legal scholar out there, noted law professor, also the author of a great new book. It's called The Price of Principle, Professor Alan Dershowitz. Professor Dershowitz, thank you for being here.
5: My pleasure. Thank you. You know, if Trump does testify, it would be the first testimony that was in any way uncritical of Trump. I mean, this was, uh, you know, nine members of the committee, seven Democrats, two get Trump Republicans. And uh, if, you know, there's a judge in New York who once said a grand jury will indict a ham sandwich, to paraphrase him, this committee would have subpoenaed one of Donald Trump's ham sandwiches. Uh, They will vote for anything that's anti-Trump and nobody should take seriously anything this committee says even the new york times writer today says the committee has accomplished nothing because it was so biased so one-sided they knew what their conclusions were going to be before they took one bit of evidence look i'm not a fan of president trump's actions on january 6th i don't think he should have made the speech though it was constitutionally protected i think he should have done more to try to stop the violence although that's not a crime but what i worry about more is the enduring impact on our constitution of the get Trump at any cost mentality. Don't care about the Constitution. Don't care about the traditions of America. Don't care about the long term House of Representatives tradition that you always have bipartisan committees. Don't care about that. Just get Trump. That's just un-American.
2: You know, Professor Dershowitz, um, you brought up so many great points here. Um, First off, On the committee not accomplishing anything, as you talk about the New York Times even highlighting that. Um, You know, it's interesting. I wondered too, and I'm curious your thoughts. Was that why they had to kind of come up with this vote today? You know, they kind of changed the status of the hearing to like a business session so they could make this vote. But do you think that that's why they did it? Because they really didn't come up with anything. And the day was mostly a rehash of everything else uh, that we've heard. And again, very one sided, as you point out. But do you think that that might have been part of the objective? Oh, we got to have something to justify why we're here. And so let's vote to subpoena Trump at the end and have a headline.
5: Yeah, no, I agree with that. (laughs) and. you think of facility as, as they say this is our last meeting we're not going to have any more hearings this is it this is the end but we're going to subpoena trump what are they going to do with him <laughs> if they're not going to have any more hearings um no i don't know whether president trump will want to testify or not if i were his lawyer i would say be very careful of uh, putting yourself into a perjury trap by these um, partisans on the other hand i think america wants to hear all sides of the issue And they're not going to hear it from any of the witnesses called by this committee. They're not going to hear it by any of the committee members. So maybe it would be a good thing if uh, former President Trump or somebody on his behalf were to testify or at least offer a differing point of view. It's just not right to have one. Compare this committee to the 9-11 Commission, which almost everybody believed in their conclusions because it was a – Nonpartisan, objective committee that was really looking to find out the truth. This one isn't. This is looking to confirm uh, the politics of what they all agreed to before they, they called a single witness.
2: And also, such selective editing. I mean, one of the things that's really interesting, oh, yeah. and, and I saw Professor Dershowitz, and it, it really was stunning to me because today they played the clips, and we'll play a little bit more later on in the show, of Nancy Pelosi. And there she is with Chuck Schumer, and they're talking, they're like, um, you know, things are really bad, and I'm sure it was, obviously. You know, um, let's call, let's get the National Guard, let's get security. Right away, it begged the question of... Well, why didn't you get it beforehand? Because President Trump has said, as well as others who contend they were in the same meeting, that he requested the guard beforehand and that there were other agencies that requested it. And, you know, it's bad, by the way. Um, It's Lawrence Tribe, who I know, you know put out actually a tweet earlier. It was really interesting and where he essentially says, like, where was Christopher Ray in all of this? You know, because, you know, it's not in a vacuum if suddenly there's issues with security. If they had all this information that there was going to be a lot of security issues and security questions, you know, where were all the other security officials? You know, why, I you know, you know, what the FBI would have known all, you know, it's not like they yeah. keep it in secret.
5: Yeah, I know the, the, the FBI and the Secret Service and the D.C., uh, police authorities look. One of the worst offenses was when they showed the American people. I think this was during the first day of the session. They showed President uh, Trump's speech, which I disagree with on, on January 6th. But they left out, they they omitted, they doctored the tape to omit the words "I want you to go down and, and demonstrate uh, patriotically and peacefully." You know, if a lawyer ever did that and showed to a jury a doctored tape like that. That lawyer, that lawyer would be disciplined. And this committee has some of my former students on it, which I'm embarrassed about. They want to act like lawyers. And lawyers don't put uh, uh, a selective excerpts of tapes without putting the most important two words, peacefully and patriotically, uh, that the president said. Was that enough? Maybe not. Let the public judge. But to leave those words out, to doctor the tape, to edit them out, that's just unconscionable.
2: And they did that quite a bit. And, and again, that was almost the same impression I had when I was listening today, because that was one of the new things was the Nancy Pelosi and the others talking about it. But it just blared the question of, boy, we need other people uh, to come forward to show the other story, to know yeah. what really happened, what didn't happen. But they make it sound like she's suddenly calling for security. And, it, and from what President Trump and the others say, that was far from the case.
5: Yeah, and they never would have been able to get away with this selective editing if they had had uh, some uh, people on the committee. Remember that the Republicans appointed two people, and Nancy Pelosi vetoed them in violation of a 200-year tradition. And then I think the Republicans made the mistake by not putting anybody on the committee in protest. I think it would have been better for the American public if the Republicans had put a few people on the committee and said, look, we, we object to the fact that you vetoed our main choices, but at the very least, let's get some people in there who can ask some hard questions and cross-examine and point out omissions. But the American public is what was uh, really cheated by this one-sided committee report. We're entitled to hear all sides of every issue, and this committee just failed that test.
2: Now, uh, Professor Dershowitz, will President Trump be compelled? you can, can you explain to us from a legal proceeding? They okay. voted, all right, unanimous, you know, even though it's all partisans, but they voted. Tell us legally what happens here.
5: Well, let me tell you what the right approach is. The right approach is they now have to go to court and get a court to enforce the subpoena. And if the court doesn't enforce the subpoena, Congress should not have the power unilaterally without approval of the court discipline anybody, but they've already indicted now two people um, uh, for refusing to obey subpoenas without going to the court. And so we'll have to see how the courts deal with that issue. But the right way to do it is to go to the court, let President Trump's lawyers object, claim lawyer, client privilege claim, executive privilege claim, separation of powers. And if a court ultimately says, Mr. President, you have to test as they did in the Clinton case, Then he has to testify. But he does not have to testify without challenging it in court, just because Congress said he does. He has a legitimate claim that uh, he doesn't have to do that without a court approval.
2: But now you brought up the case of others that have happened to. um, And I think about, of course, Steve Bannon. I mean, you know, he's one of the the
4: arrow. both, Both. Yeah.
2: Yep. So, so they, do you think that they're going to do it or do you think they're just going to kind of ramrod it through Congress and treat the president, you know, like they treated Steve Bannon?
5: Well, I think the big beneficiaries of this are going to be Bannon and Navarro, because if they do it to the president, the case is going to get to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court can't duck a case involving trying to put in jail a former president for not complying with a congressional subpoena. And if the Supreme Court takes the Trump case, they inevitably have to rule on the Navarro and, uh, and uh, Abandon case. So, you know, that issue is an important issue, whether or not Congress has the power through the criminal law to compel somebody to testify without first going to the court and getting the court to validate the subpoena. So that's an interesting issue. And uh, I think if the president refuses to testify, that's what his lawyers should demand, that they go to court first.
2: Now, um, if he says, uh, yeah, I'm ready to testify, um, will he be able to have anybody questioning him who is not a partisan, not of the nine? Can he do anybody in addition to because he is the former president of the United States? Or is it the same nine members questioning him and nobody else?
5: Well, if I were his lawyer, and I was once, but I'm not his lawyer now, I would say I will testify in front of the committee on condition that my own lawyer— can then redirect examine me because they're going to cross-examine him right, and let my own lawyer then come in, um, you can you know appoint somebody or whatever, but I want my own lawyer to come in and be able to ask me questions so it doesn't become completely one sided. That would add at least a little bit of balance to the proceeding.
2: Boy, would that be interesting. And, and yeah. it, it would be fascinating if he puts them in the box because he's already saying, hey, you know, uh, I'd like to testify. And if he says maybe I'd like to out, but here's my condition, I'm going to bring my own lawyer. Yeah. Can you imagine the public outright if they turn that down? I mean, that, yeah. it really they puts will them will in turn a box. Yeah,
5: they will turn that down. And, you know, the public those who support the, the, the Trump will come out one way, those who support the Democrats. The New York Times article said not a single percentage point shifted based on these um, uh, hearings that everybody was cemented in, everybody was locked in, everybody had their views before this happened, and the committee didn't influence very many people to change their views that would have had it been a fair committee and had all sides been presented. But when you get a kangaroo committee like this, Thoughtful people are not going to change their mind based on their conclusions.
2: Absolutely. I, you know, 1,000 percent. It looks so partisan and it was so blatantly partisan. Um, Alan Dershowitz, thank you so much for being with us late on such an important night and getting your great perspective. And everybody, again, his great book is called The Price of Principle. It's an amazing book. Thank thank you you so much. Sure. Thank you, Professor Dershowitz. Great to have you here. When we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Will Trump testify? You just heard from the best legal scholar reacting to all of it. And he also said, if Trump testifies, he should say, I want to have my attorney with me and he should be able to ask questions. That would actually, boy, that would be must see court tv i mean my you think about it you got to watch that and then we would also be able to maybe get a full perspective have him respond point by point it should be an unlimited amount of time too throw that in too it should be if he wants 3 days to go through counter point everything that they've talked about about him and get him to respond that would be fair cuz this has been so one sided
0: The Rita Cosby Show.
2: And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You just heard from Professor Alan Dershowitz saying, look, this was a clearly one-sided partisan proceeding. Uh, He believes that there's going to be a lot of back and forth in court now that the January 6th committee has officially decided to vote and ask Trump to be subpoenaed to testify as well as his documents. Right. And so that's the first step. So they could go to a court to get it enforced, as you heard from Professor Dershowitz, or they could just go right to full Congress to actually do the vote. And then there will definitely be a lot of back and forth because you're dealing with the president. You're dealing with executive privilege. It's different, I think, very much than like Navarro and Steve Bannon. But look how like, you know, they stopped Navarro at the airport. Remember, he was like hanging out at the airport in like Atlanta. And suddenly it was like they like, you know, it was like, you know, you would have thought it was like Hawaii 5-0. It was like 500 of them like came over to him. I'm exaggerating, but it was a lot of them that came over to the airport And suddenly, like, arrested him like you would have thought he had robbed a bank. And Steve Bannon, remember, they paraded him out. So who knows where they're going to go with this. But Trump is calling their bluff and saying he, quote, loves the idea of testifying. That's a source close to President Trump. He also put out some information on his social media, too, as well. And we're going to talk about that after the break. But he's saying, yeah, I would love to come and testify. And I think he should. I think that would be really fascinating to see what is Liz Cheney, what's his rebuttal to all these things that have just been left hanging. And where we've clearly seen one side, let's hear the other side and let the American public decide. If you don't have anything to hide, why not let him come? And under his conditions, why not? You know, I mean, it's still going to be uh, nine of you against him. You know, I mean, what are you afraid of? Committee one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 848 Um, Let's go to Alan on line six. Go ahead, Alan.
10: Uh, Good evening. Uh, One of the most indecipherable mysteries of my lifetime is given that everything that Donald Trump has done, uh, I could go on for 20 minutes, but I know I can't do that, uh, that there are so many people still on his side when he uh, caused a shutdown and he used tear gas against people and 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 now he's going to have an insurrection this man was a risk uh, was an autocrat in his company and he still thinks that he can be an autocrat in the presidency it's absolutely a horror show
2: are are you talking about president trump alan you're not clear
10: I'm talking about ex-President Trump, yes.
2: All right, let me ask you, do you believe it's fair? Like, there are things that people say, oh, yeah, that, that behavior wasn't right, that behavior wasn't right. But let's get to the bottom line. What they're looking at here is, was he basically a seditionist? You know, did he? And and let me just tell you the the reason, he, Alan. He it's,
10: was definitely a seditionist. Didn't you hear his speech? Uh, yeah, you know what
2: I heard, Alan. I heard
10: peacefully. You a fight. Hang on, Alan, a country left. Alan.
2: Hold on one second. I heard peacefully, patriotically protest, and I did hear obviously, you know, anger at the decision, anger at the election. You know, Hillary Clinton said she was elected. Donald Trump was illegitimate. So did Stacey Abrams said she's the governor of Georgia. I mean, should they be, you know, uh, should they be like thrown in prison? I mean, this, you know, at some point, bad behavior or maybe you would have made a different choice. That doesn't necessarily mean that someone's, quote, a seditionist. Don't you think there's a lot of politics here? Alan, you can stick with me and I'll continue after the break. I like you. On the Rita Cosby Show, we talked sadly about these two officers who were killed and one seriously injured in Bristol, Connecticut. They were ambushed. They were lured by a fake 911 domestic call. And when they came, a suspect opened fire. That person has, thank goodness, been shot. He's been killed. But sadly, two officers have lost their lives. Uh, I want to also let everybody know their names because these are not just numbers. These are incredible heroes with families behind them and colleagues who obviously love them, too, and a grateful nation. Bristol Police identifying the officers as 35-year-old Sergeant Dustin DeMonte and 34-year-old Officer Alex Hamsey. The officer who was seriously hurt was 26-year-old Alex Lorado. He is fighting for his life at this hour at St. Francis hospital there in Connecticut. And of course we are praying big time for him. And of course for the families of officer Hamsey and DeMonte. Uh, Also uh, an off duty officer shot and killed along with others who were murdered in Raleigh, North Carolina tonight uh, on a nature trail. Uh, another uh, deadly shooting that took place there. And now also we're just getting word to, and I want to thank, by the way, Angel Masonette, former NYPD detective, who I interviewed. We're going to have a podcast tomorrow because Angel is so great uh, about law enforcement and the importance of supporting law enforcement. And he just shared with me a little bit ago this troubling news of a veteran Las Vegas police officer who was patrolling an area... Uh, Just around one o'clock in the morning um, and suddenly was also fatally shot by a suspect or an exchange of gunfire with a man who was later arrested. Officer Trong Tai was fatally wounded when he and another officer answered that call. It was around 1.08 in the morning. It was an emergency call about a domestic disturbance near the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. The suspect was armed with a firearm and he fired at our officers, said the sheriff of Clark County there in Nevada. Both responding officers discharged their duty weapons. One officer was struck. Officer Ty, as I mentioned, was the one who was hit. He was wounded in the torso, and he died soon afterwards at a local hospital. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody there in Las Vegas tonight. And, of course, Officer Ty's family, Uh, another heartbreaking update of another officer uh, shot and killed Today um, it's just it is so, so sad, and you know how much we love our officers here on the Rita Cosby show and how much we support and appreciate them. My favorite segment that we do every night, uh, we do our back the blue segment in our you know first hour, and then in our second hour, we do support our heroes because it is so important that we support our veterans and their families and also especially our law enforcement and their families. Because it is tough right now. They're just responding to what looks like a routine call. Uh, This call that came in of domestic disturbances in both cases. And it turns out both of those calls turned out to be deadly. And it just shows how difficult it is to be a police officer in this day and age. And uh, our hearts break so much for them and for their families and their family in blue. The men and women who are alongside them every single day. We love you. We appreciate you. And the rest of America has to 1,000% support our law enforcement. We are talking about President Trump also because big news that also came down just a few hours ago. If you were watching the January 6th committee, the January 6th committee saying that we voted unanimously. Well, what's unanimously is seven Democrats to. So-called Republicans, and I say so-called because as Adam Kinzinger, first of all, is retiring. Um, we also have Liz Cheney, who, again, uh, lost her own primary in Wyoming. But I say so-called because those two have been so anti-Trump from the very, very beginning. Um, and it seems like Liz Cheney didn't like President Trump criticizing Her father didn't like, you know, the criticism that was coming from President Trump, uh, you know, on, you know, the war machine, if you will. And so she has clearly had a vendetta against President Trump. And I agree with Professor Alan Dershowitz, who we just had on, who essentially said, you know what? This was so one sided. If you look at the January 6th committee, after all this time, after all. All of these hearings that they have had, nothing has really moved the dial. Even the New York Times basically showed that the percentage of people who are supportive of President Trump or who are anti-President Trump, uh, who react basically the same way about the January 6th committee, it hasn't really moved. The numbers have not changed throughout these hearings. In other words, the hearings really have not been effective, that people were sort of dug in how they felt about January 6th before these hearings even started. And so what we just heard recently was just basically more of the same. You know, it was people who were making comments, some people who were let go by the president, some people who didn't like the president. But clearly we only heard one side of the story. And how can you say that that's a fair assessment when they would cut his speech and cut out the part where he says patriotically and peacefully? You know, you can say, yeah, maybe he should have said something different or should have done this, but to like cut out parts and make it sound like he never told them to stay peaceful. That's not true. If you look at that part of the speech and then he said, go home, they claim he never told them to basically go home. I I mean, it is such selective editing. And I think that that's an incredible disservice to the American public because, All they're seeing are these bits and pieces, and there's so much more information, whether it's other testimony, whether it's other videotape. Imagine how different this hearing would have been if they actually did have two sides of the story and if Trump's team could actually do some questioning. Can you imagine it'd be really interesting? Some of these witnesses who, you know, said one thing and then we found out afterwards somebody else refuted certain things. Wouldn't it be interesting if they really got to cross-examine the witnesses? then the American public would have much more faith in this process. And then we could all be informed of the full story. But because it is so blatantly partisan, it's sad that after all this time, think about all the money that's been spent on this, all the effort, all the time where we could be focused on so many other things that are going on in this country, you know, crime, inflation, uh, border, there's a million other issues. And yet Everybody associated with this committee and all the supporters of the committee and all that group, they've spent all their efforts on this. And at the end of the day, it hasn't moved the dial at all. And they left it with saying, we vote to subpoena President Trump. It would be really interesting if not only if Trump says yes, but if he has someone in there like an attorney or somebody who says, "Okay, I'm going to be able to question the president. I'm going to be able to show that other side of the story. And he should have an unlimited amount of time to testify. Think about how powerful that would be. If Trump gets like two full days and he can go through point by point by point and refute points that he says need to be refuted and then have somebody actually asking questions that he wants to have asked that would show his side of the story in addition to the committee, of course, as well. But then at least the American public could go, Okay, now I'm informed. But to just kind of like do this little drips and drabs and drips and drabs and selective editing, uh, that's more editing than you do when you're doing a feature film. And that's what this basically was about, because guess what's going to happen? If the Republicans take the House, this committee is basically no longer going to exist. You know, if they take the House in November, they have until the beginning of January, till Congress changes hands, if that happens. And then that committee is going to basically be moot. So... Is this really then all about politics? Is this all just one big partisan game theater? Because the midterms are now just a little over three weeks away? It sure looks that way. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is, by the way, here's this moment where they came down with the
7: vote. But Our duty today is to our country and our children and our Constitution. We are obligated to seek answers directly from the man who set this all in motion. And every American is entitled to those answers so we can act now to protect our Republic. So this afternoon, I am offering this resolution that the committee direct the chairman to issue a subpoena for relevant documents and testimony under oath from Donald John Trump in connection with the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield back.
6: General Lady yields back. If there's no further debate, the question is on agreeing to the resolution. Those in favor will say aye. 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 Those opposed is no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it.
7: Mr. Chairman, I request a recorded vote.
6: A recorded vote is requested. The clerk will call the roll. Miss Cheney. Aye. Miss Cheney, aye. Miss Lofgren.
7: Aye.
0: Miss Lofgren, aye. Mr. Schiff. Aye. Mr. Schiff, aye. Mr. Aguilar. Aye. Mr. Aguilar, aye. Mrs. Murphy. Aye. Mrs. Murphy, aye. Mr. Raskin. Aye. Mr. Raskin, aye. Mrs. Luria. Aye. Mrs. Luria, aye. Mr. Kinzinger? Kinzinger, aye. Mr. Kinzinger, aye. Mr. Chairman? Aye. Mr. Chairman, aye. The clerk will report the vote. Mr. Chairman, on this vote, there are nine ayes and zero nos.
6: The resolution is agreed to. Without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The chair requests that those in the hearing room remain seated until the Capitol Police have escorted members from the room without objection.
2: Without objection. What a surprise. It's unanimous by the committee that has hated Trump to begin with. By the way, you know, I always read your tweets, you guys. I love getting information from you. And Sharon just tweeted, Rita, President Trump would also have to insist that his testimony would have to be in public, not behind closed doors. Talk about selective editing. That's a great point. He would have to insist that it is absolutely public. It should be maybe two days' time, three days' time. Have a representative who can also counter and ask questions. Uh, first cross and then countercross. cross I, I say go for it. I think he'll do it. If they come up with that, they'll never accept it, as you just heard from Dershowitz. Oh, no, he wouldn't follow the rules, you know. Um, You know, I'm not saying Dershowitz. That's what Dershowitz said, that he believes a committee would not accept the terms of having anyone else other than President Trump sitting there and being grilled and skewered by nine people and not having anybody on the other side who would provide a counterbalance. Uh, But, boy— Who knows where this is going to go? 1-800-848-9222. Let's continue uh, with Alan. Alan, sorry, I had to cut you off because we had a hard break there. Um, But, Alan, I was saying you get into dangerous territory when it was selective editing. And there are things that Democrats have said that have certainly riled up people. And you could make the case that they riled up the rioters in 2020.
10: First of all, your uh, assertion that it's one-sided can be blamed on the, the, uh, the minority leader of the House. I forget his name. Uh, he decided that he didn't, wanna, didn't want his party to participate in this, uh, in this investigation. So to, to say now it's one-sided... Uh, you Alan, know, but,
2: it's- Alan, did you hear the reason is... He gave names to Nancy Pelosi. She would not accept them, and that begs the question: Why? What is she afraid of? So he she didn't gave accept Matt
10: Gates and uh, Jim Jordan. And,
2: uh, Jim Jordan. Uh, Jim yes, Banks. Jim Jordan. And that other
10: nutjob from down south, the woman. I forget her uh, name. He,
2: I know who you're thinking of, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yes, uh, yes. No, he he gave her. I know he gave her Jim. I know he gave her Jim Banks. Um, Jim Jordan, at least those two, and they were turned down. So guess what? You know and he felt like um, we want we picked. She shouldn't be turning him down if she has nothing to hide. She should have accepted them.
10: Uh, I can't argue at that point, but uh, regarding. Uh ex-president trump's uh, guilt or innocence i remember him saying you've got to fight like hell or you won't have a country left i mean if that doesn't incite his followers i don't know what will but just let me just say this a few a week or so ago uh uh, uh, uh president biden uh called them semi Uh, fascist. Uh, Now, what is a fascist? A fascist is someone who says, do it my way. I don't care if I'm right or wrong. Do it because I said so. And there is plenty of evidence that President Trump acted like a fascist dictator. All right, hang on,
2: Alan, hold on one sec, because I do want to get you to react to things. First off, on your last point, those comments that Biden made were so incendiary, and I thought so unpresidential for a sitting president. I thought they were despicable. They—he basically didn't just go after Trump. I mean, he called anybody who supports MAGA Republicans, and if you, there were 74 million at least, you know, on the record there that voted for him. Um, he smeared basically half of the American population. That, to me, was worse than the basket of deplorables and all those other comments. It was so over the top. Um, So that was completely just, I thought, unpresidential. Let's put it that way. If you're talking about, uh, you know, verbiage by a president, okay, Uh, from Mr. Unifier. Now also, Alan, you brought up the, you know, um, you know, uh, there won't be a country anymore, you know. He didn't say, go in and attack the Capitol and, you know, uh, could you bring arms and could you do this and could you do that? Let me play something, you know, and Ellen, I want to get you to react because, you know, I'm all for, I don't like, you know, anybody being attacked at the Capitol. I don't like anybody. You know, going into the Capitol. But if you look at some of the video that day, some of them were let right in. Remember that scene where they're just kind of milling around inside the Capitol, hanging out? Hey, can I sit over here? Yeah, yeah, sure. Just kind of don't take too long. Okay, great. Posing for pictures. They sure didn't look like a big insurrectionist, some of the ones that were in there. They look like tourists, right? All right, that's one. And then two, listen to this comment from Maxine Waters and tell me if you think... She's responsible for maybe some of the 2020 riots based on your premise. Take a listen.
0: And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd.
1: And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome.
2: I mean, Alan, how is that not incendiary? Give me a break.
10: I'm not going to justify what she said, except to say that people do uh, uncivilized things when they're angry. People kill people when they're angry. But that's she selective,
2: Alan. I'm that's not. selective. That you know how how come there's no hearing about uh, Maxine Waters right now? Where where's that hearing? I'm missing that committee.
10: She's not the president. Okay? She,
2: she's a she's a political leader, Alan. You know, and she has people following her. She represents California, one of the most important biggest states in the country. It's not like, what? you know, uh, Guam.
10: Well, uh I don't believe she's deserving of it, but if I could get back... No, no, local- no,
2: Alan, I need you to answer that question, because that's an important what? point, because that's a slippery slope. Then you start saying, well, it's okay, she didn't mean it, or I'm not saying you, but a number of Democrats are, they totally, I, I what I like and I'm what I'm hearing from you is that you understand that what she said is not right. There are some people out there who fl- believe, like, she can say whatever she wants, but, oh, Trump can't. That's not Human fair. Human
10: beings are not perfect. Uh, they do bad things, particularly when they're angry. So I'm not going to justify what Maxine Waters said. But when you get up in front of a crowd and say you have to fight like hell or you won't have a country, what he meant was, if I'm, the, if I'm not the president, we won't have a country. It was incendiary. It was narcissistic. And it caused quite a bit of bloodshed. Okay.
2: Well, and and I'll 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 say to you, you know, it obviously you know people are passionate, but everybody interprets things differently, and right. the, and the key is when you're leveling such a serious charge against the president of the United States, you better have a clear cut case. I'm not talking you; I'm talking about the committee, Alan. That it has to be. And to me, there there's still a lot of leaps from what you say he said to what happened uh there's so I many questions there's so yeah and i do too alan and i also know what was left out too was the peacefully and patriotically we're going to take your calls after the break everybody
0: the rita cosby show on the red apple podcast network
2: and everybody when we come back we are going to continue your calls on january 6 1-800-848-9222
0: Cosby show presents support our heroes
2: and in tonight's support our heroes segment a powerful story where we honor our great veterans and also their family members a beautiful story coming from New Jersey where Jerry Jemian a World War II veteran who turned 100 years old this past summer was honored by the Morris County New Jersey board of of commissioners at a celebration, which was honored and participated by his friends and also fellow veterans. Uh, The local commissioner there presented the veteran with a special Morris County resolution of honor and recognized not only his 100th birthday, but also his military service to the people of the United States. Now, Mr. Jemian, the veteran, enlisted in the U.S. Army in 1942, and he served in World War II as a combat radio operator, staff sergeant technician, third grade in the Central Pacific Theater from 1942 to 1945. And survived some of the deadliest episodes, basically, of the war, uh, including landings in the Mariana Islands and Palau Islands during the island-hopping campaign of Admiral Chester William Nimitz, commander, of course, a commander-in-chief of the Pacific Ocean areas. And Mr. Jemian amazingly survived without being injured. Mr. Jamieson said, one thing that has always sustained me is to keep going, keep going, no matter what happens or what the hell happened. I always managed to move somehow or another. And when he received the award just this week, he said, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am deeply, deeply honored. And we are deeply grateful for his incredible service to this country. Well, we are talking about one of the values of this country, and that is that Everybody should be innocent unless the evidence proves otherwise and they have a fair day in court. That is so important. And that's why I really believe in fair justice, where both sides are presented. And guess what? I haven't seen that in the January 6th committee and the old final one that took place today, at least the final one prior to the midterms because uh, they had to have something before the midterms to try to impact the midterms. That's why the timing, here it is, you know, whatever, 26 days before the midterms, and suddenly, surprise, surprise, let's do something, because we don't have anything big, but let's do something, and let's maybe subpoena the president. So they voted unanimously to subpoena the president, and President Trump, as soon as that came out, He went right for it. He said, why didn't the unselect committee ask me to testify months ago? He posted on his Truth Social. Why did they wait until the very end, the final moments of their last meeting? Because the committee is a total bust that has only served to further divide our country, which, by the way, is doing very badly, a laughingstock all over the world. And by the way, someone who talked close to Trump on Fox, uh, on Fox.com reported that the source says that Trump would like to testify. He loves the idea and that he would talk how the corruption really infiltrated the election, how corrupt the committee was, how Nancy Pelosi did not call up the National Guard that Trump strongly recommended her to do three days earlier on January 3rd, 2021. And that, quote, he loves the idea. So could we see a Trump-January 6th committee matchup? Well, Greg Gutfeld says all of these actions by the January 6th committee are going to backfire and actually help Trump and help the Republicans. Take a listen.
3: What are they trying to do? I have a feeling that they're secretly trying to reelect Trump because this this committee is proving what he and millions of pissed off supporters have always suspected, that the deck is stacked against them. This is a kangaroo court, right? Everybody there has their ideology, whether it's never Trumpism or, or the progressives. Uh, it's a stacked committee with preordained conclusions, with unlimited time and unlimited effort paid for by us, the taxpayer. So why would there be this outcome? Everybody sees this. And what they're in danger of doing is creating, turning Trump into a martyr. Because they're proving the point that they swayed the election. We remember that story in, in Time Magazine when they boasted about being a cabal—the mm-hmm. media, the Democrats, uh, the, the tech companies. This thing just reminds you that they're hunting Trump and hunting Trump supporters. I think you know. I, I think a lot of people think that Desantis is a better choice. A young, he's a, maybe a younger, smoother, uh, more sophisticated candidate. But then. You could have people that just say, screw it, I'm going to vote for Trump because the, these people are idiots, and this is, this is a scam. They're, mar- they're martyring him. Are they making
2: Trump a martyr, and is he calling their bluff by saying, I'd love to testify? When? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan. Line seven, Stan, your thoughts.
1: This country was divided after he got elected. He's the one that divided this country. Number two, number two, you've been bringing up Maxine Waters, uh, to use that as an example of uh, she uh, did this and so said those things about and so forth. But you seem to forget a couple of other things. Maybe you have a little dementia that Donald Trump. No,
2: that's, you, that's Biden. But go ahead.
1: No, we're talking about Trump. You know, I know you've been talking to two cops that got killed today, tragedy and the guy that did it got what he deserved. He's dead. But did you know? But, you and
2: by a, the way, by the way, Stan. Also, um, uh, somebody was also killed. A cop was also killed in Las Vegas. Yeah, no, okay, in Las now, Vegas right. as well. Here's sadly, three. Wait
1: a minute. Here's the point. 2018 and 19, the Lockstep Act was passed and signed by Donald J. Trump. Do you know what that act was? That was to release prisoners from federal prisons who were violent offenders. Thousands were released. Go look at the act. He released them, so the crime today could be a lot from these people. Look at the act, the Lockstep Act. Stand. They were federal prisons, Stan, and he Stan, released them. Stan,
2: Stan, it. Stand. Stan, Stan, nothing compares to what has happened here in this particular. What we've seen in the last two years, and the defund the police movement, and all of that, like the repeat offenders. I mean, that's outrageous. But let's just stay focused, if we could. Do you think President Trump? uh will testify and i think he should boy that would be interesting Stan, would you have a different opinion if maybe you heard the other side of the story
1: let me tell you something he doesn't have the guts to testify because if he has to testify oh i disagree has, wait a minute Stan. he has to go on the road. okay he Stan.
0: take the oath
2: stand two things stand two things hold on one second and i know you are not a fan of trump but one thing you have to agree with me the guy has guts Uh, If anybody has guts to say, I'm going to go up there in front of the, you know, partisan committee and have them ask questions and maybe have one attorney or somebody asking questions on his behalf, that would be fair. An unlimited moment, too, as well. Um, And also, uh, one of the, Sharon was mentioning, do it in public. That's actually important, you know, criteria. Let's see if the committee has the guts to accept such an offer if you were to make that what Rita, do you think, Stan?
1: Rita, could I tell you something? He'll please, ple- Stan, please. Okay, he'll plead the fifth 1,000 times, more than Al Capone. Oh, no, he won't. Oh, he will plead it. And if he doesn't, he has to tell the truth, Rita. And there's no. He can bring a lawyer with him, absolutely. He needs a. But the committee will stand as it is. We'll see how good he is answering these.
2: people. Well, but so far you have to admit, Stan, that the committee has been so one-sided. No, and I no, and I, I know one, you no, don't I know no. you don't admit it, Stan, but it clearly is. Rita, where That's have the you reality. That's Stan, Stan, do you think Liz Cheney is like uh what President of Biden's, you know, uh Trump's fan club? Do you think she's like the president and Kinzinger's like the vice president? I mean, you got to be kidding me. I mean, these people hate Trump. They pick the two most anti-trumpers in the GOP. Um, and, you know, Nancy Pelosi didn't want the ones who would ask uh, fair questions. She just wants one side. And I just think it's done a tremendous disservice. And I agree. I disagree with you wholeheartedly, Stan. I think President Trump absolutely has the guts. I think he'd love to. I'll actually, I'll triple down with you on this one. I think he would love nothing more than to testify in public uh, have MSNBC, CNN, uh, Fox, everybody covering it because they're going to have to cover it, even though they wouldn't want to cover it. Uh, MSNBC, at least, and CNN. Um, but the ratings would be through the roof. And guess what? He would love to testify, but he should also have somebody in there. I agree with Dershowitz, who was just on the show who is certainly uh, knows law much better than than you and I do, certainly more than I do and you do. Um, And he said he should absolutely insist on somebody in the room, an attorney who could ask questions on the president's behalf to him, too, because it'll still be nine, nine against one and and maybe two. If you can add that attorney, Uh, you you still don't like him. But I think I think he could handle that. I think he'd love it.
1: You'll love it. Rita, he has to tell the truth, I think he would love it, Stan. Yeah, and and guess what? He has to tell the truth. That's anathema to his human species. He will never tell the truth, Rita. He's lied thousands of times. I know you feel that way, Stan. Stan,
2: Stan, you know what? I think the truth may not look pretty for Nancy Pelosi and some others. I completely disagree with you, but I love your call, Stan. Thank you very much. Let's go to Norm. Norm, line six, Dan doesn't like anything Trump has to do. He doesn't like uh, that he breeds, but go ahead, Norm.
4: I don't like that he said you have dementia, and that's what I clearly heard. And, uh, <laughs> and then I came
2: back with Biden. I came back. He's talking yeah, about I, Biden. I,
4: I don't appreciate that. Just, just, to, just to put that out there. Okay, in, uh, in Norm, anyway. thank
2: you for defending my honor, Norm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You know what is so funny? You know, Stan... It says that because he clearly, he is like Liz Cheney. He thinks probably Liz yeah. Cheney is like, you know, uh, uh, the god of the sun and the moon, you know? And yeah. and you believe don't know me. how to
4: speak to a lady.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you talking
4: about Liz Cheney there? <laughs> well, no. Listen, I, no, I was talking about you. I'm I know, playing, I'm, like, you know. I know. I'm playing with you, you know. Yeah. All right. Let me, okay, real quick. Um, actually, I was reacting more to Alan, um, that I'm, you know, as a January 6th Washington participant, I'm sick of hearing armchair quarterbacks uh, like Alan mischaracterize what happened on that day. Uh, a rally composed of comparative between 500,000 and 1 million people peacefully protesting. He talks of bloodshed. What bloodshed? Ashley Babbitt's? We're sitting in prison. The murderous capital cops were found blameless. So, um you know, my thoughts on this rally are if it would happen again tomorrow, I would go and have no regrets. So that's my thoughts on the on my participation on January 6th uh, to the few fools who went inside the Capitol. And, and Norm, um, Norm, Norm, Norm,
2: and it's great because yes. you were there. And and mm-hmm. to your point, you know, they say, oh, well, all these people died and all this. It's like, you're right. Where are the numbers? Okay. I, I, look, I didn't like anybody crossing the line or, or hurting no. officers or anything. Of and, and you're obviously, that's not where you're coming from either. I, I totally agree with you, Norm, on that. I want to play this actually, though, Norm, just to get your take, because this to me is really interesting. Um, I found it odd that today in the hearing, uh, that they had in the committee, you know, business, what they call it, you know, because they had to vote. So that in the, in the, their promotion opportunity. They played Nancy Pelosi talking about, like, she was like the safety security person. This is in the heat of the moment. You hear her calling for, like, you know, uh, security, um, you know, items to protect themselves. Take a listen to this, and then I want to explain and get your reaction to something really interesting. Norm, go ahead.
9: There has to be some way we can maintain the sense that people have that there's uh, some security or some confidence that government can function, and that we can elect the president of the United States. Did we go back into session? We did go back into session, but now apparently everybody on the floor is putting on tear gas masks to prepare for a breach. I'm trying to get more information. They're putting on their tear gas masks.
2: And here's a little bit more. This is Schumer and Pelosi. Norm, take a listen.
0: We have some senators who are still in their hideaways. They
11: need massive personnel now. Can you get the Maryland National Guard to come, too?
9: I have something to say, Mr. Secretary. Well, I'm going to call the, the mayor of Washington, D.C. right now and see what uh, other outreach she has to other police departments, as that, uh, Leader Hoyer has mentioned. You know, Norm, what's so
2: odd is that we have continued to hear, and there are other people who have stood by this, that President Trump, Uh, Had asked for the National Guard, strongly recommended it to Nancy Pelosi and others at least three days earlier. We had John Solomon on the show here on the Rita Cosby show, where he said that there was a second meeting, second reference to Trump wanting security. This is all prior to January 6th. And yet today, all we heard uh, from the January 6th committee, Norm, was, um, you know, oh, there's. Potential threats of violence that that even the January, you know, the Secret Service and other people knew. Um, And then we hear Nancy Pelosi in the heat of the moment saying, where's the National Guard? We need help. We need this. Suddenly asking for it for the first time as if like totally caught off guard. There's something that doesn't fit here because clearly they had concerns of security. President Trump and some people close to him say you know, that they called up for, they wanted the National Guard. It was turned down, they believe, by Pelosi and Muriel Bowser. And then you hear her on this call saying, we need Muriel Bowser. We need, like, it's some new development. We need Nancy Pelosi to be called and say, did, were you told to get the National Guard beforehand, and why didn't you call it? I mean, I, I mean to me, they try to make her look like a hero today, and according to Trump, she's no hero.
4: Um. My thoughts are, a quote from Shakespeare, uh, "Methinks the lady doth protest too much.
2: Very interesting. I agree, because it's, it was interesting that they pointed her out. I almost felt like they were trying to cover for her, you know, and they're like, oh, I need help, I need help. Uh, if she knew, I mean, they actually, like, killed themselves in this sense, uh, I'm talking metaphorically, obviously, when they said mm-hmm. that um, the Secret Service knew there were threats. Like, anybody... You know, even Lawrence Tribe, by the way, who has been extremely critical of President Trump, um, mm-hmm. he is not a fan of President Trump. He came out and basically said, uh, "Where was Christopher Ray in all this?" You know, because if there were indeed threats, you know, just from generic people, as there might be with any big crowd, and especially an emotional crowd, um, why, why wasn't? Where was the FBI? You know, where, where where was, you know, that somebody would have called security. You don't just hear these threats and not do anything about it, not warn the Capitol, not warn anything. You know, just generic people emotionally making comments. Um, it, Very fishy. It just yeah, it doesn't fit. There, there are, there are some huge issues here. <laughs> you know, it's like they almost hurt their case by presenting how much information they had beforehand that individuals were upset, you know, and acting on their own and doing individual thoughts. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, uh, thou, Doth protest too much, as you said eloquently. Norm, thank you very, very You're much. Welcome, Rita. Thank you. Let's go to Valeria in Florida. Valeria, real quick. Go ahead, Valeria.
9: Hey, Rita. Thank you. Four quick points. If we take back the House, the committee is shut down, no testimony. If Trump testifies, he must disavow the violent Trump supporters of January 6th and issue a stern warning to the nonviolent protesters and state that this must never happen again. If he has to testify, everything that Dershowitz said was correct, and he must be cool and classy. When the committee berates him in the same nasty, shrill, feminist fashion that Stan does on your show, he's not to take the bait, and he is to stand his ground eloquently.
2: Great. Um, and by Valeria, I love how you defended me in there, too.
9: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Number four. I love the Dersh,
2: but yes. I'm
9: disturbed that a man of his superior analytic ability is still defending Biden and the Dems. Unless he's lying, Dersh is voting Democrat in 2022. He's voting to destroy our country. And I, I can understand the low IQ, shrill, unethical stands of the world that vote Democrat in 2022, they're easy to figure out. But I love Dershowitz, and he's an enigma, and that disturbs me. Yeah,
2: it's because interesting. So- and I'm not—by the way, I'm not convinced, you know, where—I've never asked him, quite frankly, where he votes. Obviously, he, he has come out publicly and said uh, that he did vote, you know, Democratic in the past. But he also, to his credit, Valeria, definitely seems very troubled by what he feels is an overreach uh, by the Democrats and by this Justice Department, by the January 6th committee as well. Um, so I give him credit because he hasn't had a good time in Martha's Vineyard. You know, I mean, he's been, uh, you know, uh, ostracized there by his peers because he has firmly defended values of President Trump and values of what he feels are fairness, no matter where it falls. Um, so we'll see where he votes, but he, he clearly has he's always been pretty clear on where he stands in terms of making sure that there's equal justice um, from that perspective, and from a legal perspective – um, that's certainly something to be admired in terms of at least standing his ground, and and I appreciate his perspective. I think he has an important voice in all this. Uh, but Valeria, thank you so much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Don't worry about Stan. I can handle him. Stan, who?
0: The Rita Cosby Show.
2: Continuing your calls, should Trump testify? And Stan Allen, wow! Let's go to Frank in New Jersey. It's been quite a night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah,
11: how you doing? Uh, first, I got to say you're a class act. I mean, you know they throw barbs at you, and you just retort with facts. I think uh, an important point that these guys are missing are
2: the facts. It- are the facts?
11: <laughs> oh, not just yeah, not just the fact, but also the fact that the Democrats get a pass on violent rhetoric. I mean, they actually encourage and specifically uh, tell people to confront. And then you saw
2: it with police who got shot. Yes, yes. Paul who was beaten up. And Frank, with, uh, Frank, did you see? You I played. Know? I played for Allen. The comments from Maxine Waters. You know where definitely sounded very incendiary and the tone and everything. And he even was like, "Uh, uh, 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 I can't defend that. So, I mean, you know, I I mean, you got to have the same equal standards, equal justice, Frank.
11: Well, it's not just the overt uh, comments that they make. But, I mean, Trump specifically said peacefully protest. Yes, he did. But who barely listens to it. But he was saying fight. He was saying in a political manner. That was very obvious. You know, but I mean, the the issue here is that the Democrats have literally, you know, evoked just nonstop violence, you know, not just on on the riots that occurred throughout the summer of uh, 2020. They never denounced a single thing. And you're talking about billions of dollars in damage. And they foment violence. It's uh, And they've yet to be called down on the carpet for it.
2: Yeah. And they had. And to your point, Frank. They have never said that, you know, like supporting the Minnesota Freedom Fund, Kamala Harris was actually bailing out the protesters and the looters. And you're right. It's this like single perception of justice. That's where I have a problem. you got to treat people fairly. But they want us to forget all of those other things. And yet it's all Trump, 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 Trump.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.